Mindfulness Mode 529. If you are just thinking like a racer, like what's the next thing, next thing, and boom, 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 and you're not focused on what you're doing, you know, it just becomes an insane game of catch up. Hey, Mindful Tribe, welcome to the show. Great to have you here. Hey, would you like to feel more vibrant, have more energy and more clarity? Well, you've probably heard of Dr. Mark Hyman. He's actually known as the father of functional medicine. He's put together a step-by-step program that'll help you overcome the psychological and neurological symptoms that might have been dulling your mind and draining your life of energy. This program can help with depression, anxiety, ADHD, Alzheimer's, autism, and also more subtle symptoms like brain fog or memory loss. The program is called The Ultra Mind Process. Fix your broken brain by healing your body first. So Mindful Tribe for you, Mark is offering a special discount of 60% off. And you can get this special offer at mindfulnessmode.com slash Mark Hyman. That's M-A-R-K-H-Y-M-A-N. And just so you know, this is an affiliate link. So if you buy something at this link, I will receive a small financial perk. Now today, Mindful Tribe, we're talking about productivity. My guest is fellow Canadian and successful author and businesswoman, Chris Ward. Sit back, relax, and enjoy today's episode. It's so great to be here with my guest today. She's got so much energy. She's got so much life. She's going to pick up my energy. She already has. And uh, she's an author. She's founder of a very cool platform that helps you be more productive because she's all about productivity. I mean, I think probably her middle name is productivity. I don't know. I didn't (laughs) ask her that. But I've got Chris Ward with me today. Hey, Chris, are you in mindfulness mode today? I always am. I think that is hugely purposeful and powerful and impacts everything. That's cool to be in mindfulness mode and be productive because, you know, some people think that those two things are at opposing sides, right? That if you're quiet and you're doing nothing and you're just meditating, how can you be productive? But that's not true, right, Chris? Not at all. I totally agree. Oh, well, I'm so glad we've got you on the show today. (laughs) Uh, Chris Ward, like I said, She's the author of this book, which is amazing. Win the hour, win the day. And let me tell you how productive she is. I sent her an email and said, hey, Chris, I'd like to have you on the show. And whoosh, that book landed in my house so fast, you wouldn't even believe it. I looked at the package and I'm like, just a second. Didn't we just connect by email like a day or two ago? How did that book get here so fast? That's how productive Chris (laughs) is. And uh So she's a very, very interesting person, and she lives in Prince Edward Island, Canada, which is an amazingly cool place to live. I've been there once, and I think it's a wonderful place to visit. Uh, But anyway, Chris, what does mindfulness even mean to you? Oh, boy. You know what? That took me like up until like (laughs) two years ago to really understand what that I that was a real struggle for me. I didn't really get it. And this whole idea of it's not the destination, it's the journey. I was, I kept thinking, what are they talking about? Why do they keep saying this? It meant nothing to me. And you know what? <sighs> boy, oh boy, is my life turned around since I got a better grasp on that. 
Mindfulness really to me means being in the moment, giving it your full attention and getting the most out of that moment. Because otherwise I spent years walking through doors before I'd even open them because it was all about a rush, rush, rush. Mm. And I call myself a recovering rushaholic and it did not serve me or anyone around me. So, you know, if you're here in this moment, being in this moment is going to get you all the juice you can out of this moment. And I think that really just cripples everything from productivity to happiness and all that, all that other stuff. So I'm all about being mindful. Oh, so I'm so glad to talk to you because, you know, I have to say kind of in my mind, I think productivity. Oh, yeah. Go, go, go. Work, work, work. Do this. Do that. Save time. Move forward. Move forward. And I kind of have always thought, well, how can that really be mindfulness? How can you be mindful and really be all about productivity, productivity, productivity? So can you explain more about how those two things dovetail together? Yeah. So what happens is people really give productivity a bad rap. And listen, I'm not in love with the word either. If I could figure out how to describe it differently, I would. But that's just you know the umbrella in which people are searching for it, productivity or time management. True. But really, you know, when I talk to entrepreneurs or anything, anyone like that, I'm really talking about, you know, how can you be in the moment and get your best work out of that moment? And you can't, if you're chasing the clock, if you are just thinking like a racer, like what's the next thing, next thing, and boom, 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 boom. And you're not focused on what you're doing. You know, it just becomes an insane game of catch up. And so what you really want to do is be in a calm state because what happens is, you know, throughout history and all the best inventions in mankind were not only done in calmer states, but in states of play or relaxation. So that's really where your creativity and everything comes from. So what I would tell you is if you can set up your time so that, you know, okay, this is what I'm working on for the next hour and I'm all in, you're just going to get amazing results from that. Otherwise, it's just like you said, it's go, go, go. And it's what I used to call hysterical, Chris, and rushing, rushing, and you expect everyone to rush around you and it's not pretty. So, you know, if you can just have a strategy, have some easy and permanent, you know, things in place that are going to allow you to really maximize your geniusness and, you know, everything you do well, it's going to be a much easier life. It really is. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, it sounds like there's one simple concept that would really help people get there. And I mean, obviously, I've heard this before, but it's like, don't try to multitask. Would you say that's true? <laughs> yeah. So what happens is you really can't multitask. It's like sh shining a flashlight in two spots at the same time. You can't. What you do is you have context switching. So you're switching back and forth between ideas. You're rotating it. And the term multitask, if you want to get really boring, came from when they first invented computers and they thought, you know, okay, it can, it can have priorities and multitask and all this stuff. That's really where it was uh, focused on when they really started to use that word a lot. Right. But it, it's not an effective strategy at all. It will make you crazy. And there's all kinds of studies that I could bore you with to show you how it decreases your productivity by 40%. And mm -hmm. it's just, it's, you know, and the sad thing is nowadays, so many people don't even realize they're multitasking. Like we've all heard, no, oh, no, I can hear you. I'm just texting. You know, that's, I just stopped talking. Right. So you're yeah. right. Doing one thing at a time. That's that. Well, now with COVID-19, you know, so many people are working out of their homes because they can't go to an office space. And I think that it's even more important than ever to have a space in your 
well, you're the one that should be saying this, but I would say have a space in your house where you can just go and put a sign on the door, explain to your family, look, when I'm working, I'm working, and I have to ask you to respect that. Put a sign on your door that says, I'm working, you know, unless there's a flood or a fire, please do not disturb me. How do you feel about all that? And give us some other tips about working in the home and being productive, but still being mindful. Yeah, well, I primarily work with entrepreneurs and, you know, they struggle with that all the time because a lot of them either work from the home or at least, you know, half time, if not full time. And so when you're dealing with an entrepreneur, there's all these dynamics at play, the schedule in the family and all these different things that happen. And and I tend to work with entrepreneurs who have big dreams and they want all these ambitions and, you know, they really want to get stuff done and out. And So you want to have some strategies in place that really are going to offer you success, you know? And so you do have to set up some routines and some boundaries in your home and in your calendar. And, you know, putting a sign on the door, that's definitely one of them. But what I would say to you is start thinking about your day. And too often of us, we all dive in and we just think, oh, we've got the whole day ahead of us. We've got so much going on. This is great. I've got so much time. So what I would say is chunk it down is where we get the concept, win the hour, win the day. And you know, if you look at your hour and you say, all right, here's what I have to get done in this hour. Well, that really holds you much more accountable. And diving into that a little bit further, what I would say is so many people they don't even put on their calendar things that they have to do or things that they do every day. They put outside influences like I have to be on this Zoom call or this or that or, or go somewhere else or whatever. And what happens is you're diving into the day and you may think you have eight hours, but you may only have five. So you're set up to fail. And I always argue that that's like saying, hmm, if I have a car payment that comes out of my bank account every month, but it comes out every month, so I'm not going to count that. Like clearly the money's gone, right? So mm-hmm. that's just like your calendar. So what I would say to you is, you know, people get caught up and put a sign on your door and all this stuff. Sure, that's fine. We can give you that tip. It's done. But it's really like you say, the mindfulness and your mindset and all those strategies you put in place to maximize your efficiency when you are working on one thing. That's where that idea of you racing to the car, you knock your coffee or you're trying to grab your keys. That's because you're trying to do too much, right? And it doesn't mean slowing down. It means doing one thing well at a time. You know, I call multitasking doing two things poorly. You know, that's my plan. So is it good to use Google calendars to block out hour by hour or is there a better way you know, you can use whatever you want. I tend to rely on Google calendars and I really quite like it because other people can be linked into it. It's for, you know, if something happens, you know, I remember back in the day, not dating myself, but when I had a paper calendar that I live by and one time I lost it, I, my little day timer, it was very upsetting. I'm like, oh my gosh, yes. well, where am I supposed to be tomorrow? Right. That's a panic. So, <laughs> yeah. So the Google <laughs> calendar is an excellent tool. But like any tool, it's not the tool. It's, you know, garbage in, garbage out, right? It's really, what are you putting on that? So it's really being purposeful about your time. And again, I would say too many of us are stretched too thin. Like whether you're a professional or an entrepreneur or whatever, is you're just trying to do too many things at one time. And one of the other things I'm particularly passionate about is really about building a team. Like we have opportunities and resources now that we never had even five years ago. And, you know, a team can be somebody, the team can start with one person that works for you like four hours a week. You know, it doesn't, it could just be somebody taking 
no matter what you do, and everyone thinks your business is different, but no matter what you do, whether what level of security or all these things that you think, oh no, my industry is different. You can always get people to deal with some repetitive mundane tasks that will support you and allow you more time to focus on what it is you're really getting paid for, your zone of genius. So that's a big deal. People don't understand how easy and affordable it is to have an amazing team so they can stop doing things they hate that they don't have time for. Instead of running out and buying new technologies and burning out and starting over, you know, it, it just allows you then to enjoy your work and be mindful and purposeful about it. Chris, can you tell me about someone that you have helped with productivity that you were just able to take them from one really dismal place to a new beautiful place of being productive and being mindful too? Yeah, I think the most shocking one for me is I was dealing with uh, a realtor out of Buffalo and she was a realtor, which they do of all the industries, they do have, you know, an industry that's up and down and all of a sudden they have demands in their day because there's a, a house, you know, it's going to turn around in three days. So they have all the industries and I've worked with many it's all kinds they do have a unique cycle, right? And she also, God help her, had a set of <laughs> triplet teenagers. Mm. And when we worked with her to make the, a long story short, she said to me, Chris, I have been doing this for 10 years. And she said, I made more money this year than I had in all the other years. And I worked way less hours. And she wow. was so much calmer because before she was always like, you know, literally she said she could show up at a house and paper fall out of her car and the dog might be in her car that she didn't like, it was just a big old frazzle. Right. Mm. So she said, Oh my gosh. She said, you know, I I've stopped doing things. I hate, I'm taking real vacations. You know, I'm doing all this stuff. I'm not sneaking around. Like I'm cheating on someone trying to answer emails when my family isn't looking, you know? So it just changed her whole lifestyle. She said, I started going to bed on time. She felt healthier. It just changed everything for her and everyone in her life. Well, you've had a lot of challenges in your life, and I'm sure you've learned from it. I know that in the info, it said that you lost your husband and you went through that challenge. Can you share a little bit about that and how you got through from the beginning to the end of of that? I'm sure there is no real beginning and end, but tell us about that. You know, what made me write this book is, is here's where it started. I had a marketing agency. I still do. I don't know. I said had, (laughs) I had at the time I have a marketing agency and I, you know, was pulled away from it for about two years because my husband had been diagnosed with colon cancer. And when I returned to the business after his passing, my clients were shocked. They had no idea of my absence. They had no idea of what I was going through. They just didn't know anything about it. So they started to ask me very gently under the category of time management, how did I manage that? Because even if you took all the emotion aside, losing your best friend and family dynamics, you know, chemos, surgery, doctor's appointments, that is a full-time job. So they started to ask me how I did it. So I started to work with them under the capacity of productivity and help them build out their teams and do all that kind of stuff. Because of course I had a renewed sense on how important it is to have a business that supports your life, not consumes it. So we started working and they, you know what, they just started, like I said, having, you know, real vacations. They were able to start getting some of their bigger dreams implemented and 
they were just so excited that it was easy and without effort and they could stop juggling and start executing things. And so I took all their success and said, okay, I need to help more people because I also think business should be fun. And so what I wanted to do was to get this out there and to a bigger audience. And that's why I wrote this book, win the hour, win the day. So that's the part of how that tied together. And, uh, yeah, you know, that's really where it all started. Yeah, that's, that's very cool that that business was still running along, chugging along, even though you were not able to be there. So, uh, I mean, that's, I'm sure that's what a lot of people dream for their business and you were able to pull it off when the hour, when the day.com is where you can find all of this information. So go there and uh, check out the book. You need to order this book. If you have any interest in productivity at all, because believe me, it's really good. It's, it's a quick read, but there is so much excellent content there. It really is. I, I just have a feeling that you just, edited this down and just made this, I don't know how you made it so concise, but it was just very clear and concise. Is that just well, the way you, you write all the time? No, it's a lot of work to make something an easy read. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And the, the people that read the first draft were, you know, kind of like, don't kill the messenger. So no, I worked very hard to yeah. make it digestible and easy because I wanted people and it, you know, like you said, productivity has this idea of being, you know, like, oh, go faster, stronger and, or mm-hmm. be organized. And I often tell people being organized actually is a disadvantage because you just reorganize yourself and you don't change the structure. Mm-hmm. So I, for me, I wanted this book to have a very different feel and I, and without diving too deep into it, I, I break it down to strugglers and successful people and how they both run their business. And I tell stories and they're very simple and People tell me it changes how they see time in their business. So that's what I wanted. This is not one of these things where you've got all these sort of diets and complicated systems. This is just to make you see your business differently so that you can really just reach those dreams that keep slipping away from you. Because often in business, entrepreneurs, it's like your goals, like you're always moving further and further away from your goals. So, you know, again, I'm, I'm, I'm passionate that business should be fun and, and how to get there quickly is to have processes in place that allow you to leverage your time, impact your audience in a bigger way. And, and most of that comes to a really simple, simple way of having a team and, and you can just do that for pennies now. So, so I'm pretty passionate about all that. And I, I sort of go off on a rant tangent there, but yeah, I, I just wanted people to like their business and their life again. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you've got so much expertise and I wonder if you could speak a little bit to those people who are in their homes with their families right now, their, their children are not in school practically Mm -hmm. anywhere on the globe. And so many parents are at home with their children. What are some productivity tips or some survival tips really for getting through this and keeping the peace and, and making this not such a negative experience, but really a positive experience? Well, that is a great question. So what I would tell you, and these are things you can all tra- you can also transfer after this you know, calamity is behind us. So one of the first things I would tell you, and the biggest mistake that so many people make is using a to-do list, right? So what I would say is a to-do list is a percolating list of emergencies. To-do lists do not give you any increments of time or order or anything like that. And I used to dive into Monday mornings with my mighty to-do list in my hand and think that I could take on the world, not knowing that list, you know, in the list item number four 
is two hours. Item number five, you know, is two days. I didn't know that. So what I would tell you is, yeah, if you can win the hour, you can win the day and that your calendar is your time bank account. So if you have stuff to do, you need to say, okay, especially right now where things are in flux, what are the three things I have to get done today or whatever it is you want to do and say, all right, I am going to block these into time. Like here's an hour here, here's an hour there. And in this scenario where you've given me a particular setting where everyone's at home, then you have to obviously say, okay, uh, you know, can I get up, do this before the kids get up? Can I do this when the kids go to bed? Whatever. But what I would say to you is don't just try to chip away at a to-do list. That w- that's just really bad for your brain power. It's like atten- attention residue and all this other stuff. I would also tell you, ideally, you want to do the stuff that requires the most focus or creativity first thing. It's like your battery of your phone. You don't have all those apps open and your battery's not decreasing. So what I would tell you is there is nothing that's more damaging to any sort of level of effectiveness than a to-do list. It is, you know, anything you're going to do is going to take time. So you have to put that on your calendar and say, this is how much time I have. Because you'll find when you put that list on your calendar, you're like, oh my gosh, no wonder I'm stressed out. There's no time to do all this. But with the to-do list, you think you could just outrun the list. I can race time, right? So that would be where I would start is actually use your calendar and be say, okay, here, here's what I'm given, how am I going to make this work? And then when you fill it on the calendar, you can really see like, oh, the kids have soccer at four and then they're getting up here. Like then you really see where the pieces of the puzzle fit. Yeah, I really like that advice because I could tell you that there are a few times that, you know, I've had this to-do list and then, you know, nighttime comes and it's time to go to bed. And I'm like, I look at this list and I just feel so defeated. It's such a downer. I don't want that feeling. I don't want that at all. That's not what life is supposed to be about, is it? No, and that affects your sleep and your next day and your stress level. And that deteriorates really quickly at your creativity and your focus. And it's the brain, you know, it just has, it's like having a bunch of file drawers open. So it's not working for you at all. No. So let's talk about habit and how we can use habit to help us. Okay. So, you know, habit is a really interesting thing to me and you can get into all kinds of theories on that. But what I would say is success breeds success. So I'm all about, you know, a routine is one thing, but really it's about having a routine that sets you up for success. So I I also believe in treating yourself like a business athlete, right? You know, you really have to say, okay, I'm the machine here. So how do I take care of myself? You know, and that includes, you know, do you exercise? When do you exercise? When do you eat? I mean, back in the day, I used to be sitting at my desk and shoving food down my gullet and my phone in one ear. And if I'm on hold, then I can do emails with my left hand and I'm doing all these crazy things thinking I'm doing one thing at a time because, well, I'm only answering email because I'm on hold and chewing. We can all chew. And then somebody walks up and asks me a question. Well, you know, I can answer that. Right. And that's, that was just a hot mess. So, you know, now I, I take a proper lunch and I, I'm not kidding you. I had to learn how to chew slower because I was like, okay, (laughs) chew your food. Right. So now I notice whenever I get a little out of alignment or I start speeding up, like I can see that, you know, oh, this is not good. Like it becomes uncomfortable where before, you know, that chaos was just normal to me. So really, is it a habit or just constantly setting yourself up with 
things that you know are going to work for you. Because listen, we're not going to get more time. There's only so many hours in a day. I've tried to do it without sleep. Apparently I wasn't charming. You know, I was told later <laughs> that I'm not a charming person when I know I'm much sleep. So what, you know, it's, we're not going to find more time. Even Bill Gates says that's the only thing he can't buy is more time. So what you're going to do is enjoy the time you have because business should be fun and life should be more fun. So have fun doing what you do. You started doing it for a reason. So let's remember that. Yeah, that's good advice. That's good advice. I always ask a question about bullying, Chris. Have you ever been bullied or do you have a story about bullying that you can share with us where mindfulness would have made a difference? I wasn't really bullied because I, you know what? I don't know. I just flew under the radar. I also, I have to admit, I grew up in martial arts. So I had my black belt by the time oh. I was 12. <laughs> so oh, did you? Okay. Yeah. But what I would say though, just so in case you think my life was too easy. <laughs> After my parents got a divorce, I did switch schools a lot, you know, uh. before everything settled down. And what I would say is, I think, you know, the word bullying is a very strong term. So I don't want to take any ownership to that or anything like that. But I do think in this day of social media, you know, especially for young people, but even for business people, you know, you can feel beat up sometimes just you know, just because not everybody is as diplomatic as you, you are. Right. So I know for my own podcast, now your business, I put into a group when I was trying to come up with the cover for my podcast and the old me would have just had that with my team. We would have figured it out. We would have picked each one. And then if people are always telling you, you know, put stuff out there, include them in the process. And I, you know, make a long story longer. I know I did that wrong with my book because I, everyone kept saying include people. And I was like, you know what? Everyone says they're going to write a book. I just want to say I did it, not I'm going to. Like, I'd rather show people what I've done than what I'm going to do. Right. Yes. So that was a problem when I launched the book because I, you know, I said, okay, here's the book. And I included nobody. So with the podcast, <laughs> I'm like, okay, here's the cover. And I put it into this group and they were like piranhas. Yes. <laughs> like, I was like, oh my gosh. Like, you know, it's as if I don't like, I can't even explain how they did not like the picture and the graphics. And it like, I, I did not commit a crime against like a baby puppy or something. Right. <laughs> and it was brutal. Now the old me would have just taken it down and said, okay, let's never do that again. And I thought, yeah. okay, you know what? I just got to stomach it. But I, I felt beat up, but then yeah. somebody said to me really wisely, well, Chris, he's a very experienced marketer. He said, wouldn't you like to have known that in three hours instead of three weeks to three months when you figured it out online later. And I'm like, okay, yeah, in theory, but they could have told me it wasn't good or that not to their preference in a kinder way. So yeah. I do think it's a great question you ask because first of all, bullying's kind of sometimes a little bit interpretive, but it's not when you're being sort of literally beat up upon. But I think nowadays with social media, more often than you not, people walked away feeling a little beat up upon. So it's a great question. Yeah. Yeah. I remember when I started my podcast and I did that, I put the artwork up and that wasn't something I was real comfortable with either. And then somebody said, lose the microphone. Oh, it looks a little 1980s ish, you know, and yeah. all this stuff. And I'm like, oh, well, you know what? I designed it and I like it and I'm just going to use it anyway. So <laughs> that's what I did. And at the end, I had somebody say to me, I had one where I was sort of like screaming. That's what it looks like. Like, you know, now your business now, Right. And then yeah. another one was just smiling. And it was, I, I want, I, I did go the more, a different way. 
And, yeah. but then people were starting to say, well, could we see a smile without teeth? And I'm like, oh my gosh, you're not my grandmother. <laughs> like this is like, this is how I smile. I can't change that. Right. Yes. So, you know, this is not, these are not my grad pictures that my mother's paying for. So they also, you, I guess, you know, one thing my mother taught me, I will tell you this, consider the source. Yes. Consider who's giving you this advice, right? Uh-huh. It, yeah. it does it really matter to you? So, yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, you made me laugh. It's, I love that. So <laughs> I don't think we laugh enough. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so thanks for that. Well, you know, as we move forward in the interview, I want to ask you five quick answer questions. Sure. And so the first one is this, who is one person who has influenced mindfulness in your life? Hmm. You know what? I, w- I guess I would say, honestly, it was my husband. He was always big on if I got work, well, he was always telling me to slow down. He said, mm-hmm. I, funny enough, he was saying I was rushing to my grave because I was always like, let's go, let's go. <laughs> we have stuff to oh, do, wow. right? And, yeah. and he would tell me when I got in, as he called it, a state and going faster and faster, he would say, you know what? Today we're making memories. Like, you know, don't sweat the small stuff. And today we're making memories. Stop, pay attention to what we're doing. Today we're making memories. So uh, yeah, he, that was a big thing that I always remember now. Okay, I'm, I'm making memories, slow down. Hmm. That's, that's very, very interesting. Thanks for sharing that. How has mindfulness affected your emotions? I think I'm so much more stable now that I'm mindful because before it was just, I felt literally almost like a racehorse, like everything I was doing, it was always, well, what's the next thing I have to do? Cause I was trying to get so much done and it impacted my tone. Like I would always told that, you know, sometimes I was, my tone came out sharp or I sounded impatient. And sometimes I didn't hide it cause I was impatient. Sometimes I didn't mean it cause I was in a rush and that was my rush tone. So I think it made my communication much better to everyone around me. And like my heart's in the good, in a good place. I'm not somebody that snaps at people. I don't believe in yelling at people. I don't think I don't need to be up for Like, I don't have to push you down for me to feel good or none of that foolishness. That's not how I operate. Right. I believe very much in a team. I don't even like the word boss and all that stuff. But I think when you're in a rush all the time, you, you can't possibly be mindful. You, you miss details. You, it's like driving on the highway and you see beautiful scenery and you're going hundred kilometers an hour, or if you're walking through the woods and you see the birds. So it really did allow me to breathe in life and be more stable and enjoy it more. Well, you live in a part of the world where I think people do take more time. It seems to me, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. having been a visitor there, that there's more mindfulness, more just stopping to smell the flowers kind of feeling. Uh, My next question is, is breathing a part of your mindfulness? Do you have a conscious effort of breathing a certain way or anything like that? I wish I could say I do. I do meditate in the morning. I think breathing is something that I constantly have to work at. And every time somebody brings up, you think, oh, I got to do that better. And that not that sound ridiculous that you have to learn how to breathe? But um, I think we forget to breathe. I myself tend to talk too quickly. You know, I've, <laughs> I took two courses on how to be more effective speaker and talk more slowly, which my husband, John said, I should have got my money back on both of them. Um, so <laughs> they didn't work. Huh? Yeah. He said, it stopped working. I have my, I do actually talk slower than I used to, but so then when you're, you're talking quickly, you also don't breathe. Right. So I think yeah. it's something that as a culture we do poorly and I have not mastered that yet. Mm. 
Can you recommend a book? I can recommend one. It's <laughs> Win the Hour, Win the Day. It's it's a good book and it's got a, an element of mindfulness to it, even though it's about productivity. But are there any other books that you could recommend, Chris? Well, you know, for getting into the mindfulness and all that type of stuff, I really am a fan of Esther Hicks and the Abraham Hicks and the Vortex and all that stuff. And it is really all about it. For some, I don't know if it's too woo-woo, but it really is about be in the moment and your energy is a very powerful sense. And that, you know, when you're, you know, not just what you see and smell and stuff. So, you know, feeling about, oh, how do I feel about this? And, And being grounded and purposeful enough to think about how you feel instead of rushing and reacting. So that's something that I got a lot out of is uh, that series. Right. Well, thanks. We'll put that in our show notes at mindfulnessmode.com. So check it out, Mindful Tribe. And lastly, do you have a suggestion for an app that could help people with their level of mindfulness? Well, here's the thing. I People ask me all the time about productivity with tools. And I always say, you know, uh, you could have... <laughs> Actually, it's a funny story. I was doing a video once and I was saying, look, and I was holding up a hammer and I said, you could have this hammer, but it doesn't make me a good carpenter. And in the middle of the video, I knocked over the hammer. So I said, <laughs> like, I can't even hold the hammer and then I talk about it. So, you know, a microphone does not make you a better speaker. So I guess to me, it again, it has to be about intention. So you get caught up and that's one of my pet peeves is we think, okay, what's the next piece of technology that I could be more productive about and all this other stuff and more mindful. So it has to be about, you know, where are you in your intentions? And, you know, that really is the number one thing for me. I have got a little addicted to brain FM. Um, I don't, you know, for me, it's a meditation app. And then also when I'm working, it's got a productivity, like, are you trying to be creative? Or are you trying to focus? And it's got music, a certain element of music in it. And they've really studied this and it, they put a lot of work into it. It's not just like the YouTube stuff. So that has been something that I, I do enjoy, but I do caution people to be, you know, like back in the day when I was hysterical, Chris running around too quickly, that would not have served me. So it's not going to fix anything. But if you're intentional and purposeful, it can aid to it. I want to ask you what you think of the Pomodoro apps. There's quite a few of them. And do you know, are you familiar with Pomodoro apps? I don't think I am. Okay. Well, Pomodoro is a, is a technique. It teaches you to take a break every 25 minutes. Mm-hmm, 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 and then there mm-hmm. are different apps built on that concept. And so if you Google Pomodoro apps, then you come up with all different choices and then it'll sort of alert you after 25 minutes and then it'll maybe set a three minute or a five minute timer so that you get up and you stand up and you move and and then you go back to work and yeah, that kind of thing. Yeah. See, that's when I think, and I've done all these things in the past where it's, especially women, there's always, well, I shouldn't blame women, please. I apologize. I've just set the women's movement back a whole bunch, but anyhow, when we're all talking about diets and here's the water app and this, that, and there's all, we could always be thinner and taller and all that stuff. And what I would say to you is, again, if you have your calendar set up, I do very much believe that the mind should have breaks and all kinds of studies show that at least every 90 minutes or when you're going to switch gears. So when I'm switching from one focus task to another, or I make sure I have breaks in between interviews or whatever, there's all these things that I put in place for natural breaks. But then I feel for me, when you start putting all these apps in there, it's just another thing that's going to go off. I mean, if you read my book, as you said, you'll know that numerous times I put stuff in the oven 
because I would answer one more email, just one more email. And there was house fires. (laughs) Like, (laughs) I mean, when your husband sits you down and says, I would, he specifically asked me not to burn the house down. And then, you know, then I'd be like, no, no, I'll set a timer. But then I would hear the timer because I just got to finish this email. I heard the timer and then I forget the timer. So the timer didn't work. So then like, as if I'm five-year-old, I was no longer allowed to leave the kitchen when I was, you could, and I wasn't allowed to have my phone in the kitchen. It had to be somewhere else. And oh my gosh, it was all this stuff because there was a couple of rather serious kitchen fires, but because I thought I could just do one more email. Right. So clearly the systems didn't work. So what I would say to you is the calendar will take care of that. If you set your day up to have these natural breaks, you won't need all that because you'll, you'll get better and better and you'll, you'll just breathe in the flow of it and you'll get, it'll get addicted to how good it feels to enjoy the work and move to the next phase. Uh, Chris, in the info you sent me, you said you have a free gift for Mm -hmm. my listeners at win the hour, win the day. Is that right? We do. I'm super excited. We just did this. And what you could do is you go to www.winthehourwintheday.com forward slash free dash gift. And I'm not kidding you. There is a treasure chest of a whole bunch of goodies. There's some training videos. There's some downloads. There's some audios. There's some PDFs, some checklists. We just did it. And it's really super, there's a lot of treats in there. So I would really encourage your listeners to uh, check that out. Oh, that's really awesome. Yeah. And I know on Facebook, you're chrisward.ca and that's Chris with a K, K R I S W A R D. Mm-hmm. .ca. That's where we find you on Facebook and on Twitter. We can find you as Chris Ward, K-R-I-S-W-A-R-D. So um, as we finish up, is do you have any uh, final comments or final words of advice for Mindful Tribe? You know what? I think your message is purposeful and meaningful. And being mindful is not just something that you do, you know, alone in the evening when you're trying to rebalance yourself. I used to have this false sense that before who I was before five was different than who I was after five. Like sometimes in my personal life, I thought I was impatient, but I was always very patient at work because I loved what I did, blah, blah, blah. But the mindfulness is not a Zen thing you do on Saturday mornings at sunrise. It really will impact all aspects of your success. And so just, you know, really lean into it. It it really will make you more effective, more productive and enjoy the ride much more. Thank you, Chris. Have a great rest of your day. Thank you so much. Yeah. Bye now. Hey, Mindful Tribe, I hope you liked today's interview. As I mentioned at the top of the show, you can have more energy and more clarity with a step-by-step program that Dr. Mark Hyman has put together, and it can help with with things like depression, anxiety, ADHD, Alzheimer's, autism. And uh, the program is called the Ultra Mind Process. Fix your broken brain by healing your body first. And he's offering the program to you, Mindful Tribe, at 60% off. And you can get it at mindfulnessmode.com slash Mark Hyman, M-A-R-K-H-Y-M-A-N. Just so you know, this is an affiliate link. So I'll receive a commission at no cost to you if you decide to make a purchase through that link. So thanks for listening to the show today. Like I said, till next time, Mindful Tribe, use what we've learned today to reach new heights of calm, focus, and happiness. Stay in the mode.